The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And on today's show, we speak with author and motivational speaker, Nikki Spears. Nikki was the kind of principal who expected the best from everyone on her campus, including herself. That sounds like a cliche, but Nikki walked the talk when it came to growing a high-performing elementary school campus. She was masterful in creating a positive school climate and inspiring excellence in teachers and students by regularly celebrating student achievement. Nikki embodied positivity, excellence, and a growth mindset way before I knew it was a thing in education. In this episode, we speak to my friend, Nikki Spears, about her nonfiction motivational book, The Beauty Underneath the Struggle, and her children's story, The Hand Hug, which features her granddaughter, Baylor. We also discuss how COVID-19 has brought an unexpected growth opportunities for self-awareness to educators. So like we always do at this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I have another amazing guest here tonight. Miss Nikki Spears. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Nikki, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. I am Nikki Spears, and I used to work with you, and I was a principal about four years ago and left my job as a principal to pursue my own business. So I've been traveling around the country helping schools create and sustain a positive culture. So that's just a little bit about me. I remember the very first meeting when I came into your office. You remember that? (laughs) What did I do? I I wouldn't be surprised. What did I do? Uh, You basically (laughs) told me, um, sir, don't be wasting my teacher's times. Uh, When you come in here, you better have meaningful activities. And how can you meaningfully (laughs) incorporate technology into instruction? And how is this going to benefit my teachers? And you did not crack one smile. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I'm still tough like that too, Jeffrey. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. You didn't play no games. So I was like, man, when I come back here, I'm going to have to be on my A game. But we became good friends though, right? Yes, ma'am. We surely did. And you are one of the most respected people who I've worked with there at Fort Bend. Many of the amazing educators who, who were all employed at the same time. I'm glad that I got a chance to get to know you. Yeah, me too. Me too. Excellent. Let's start with the first question. How has COVID-19 changed education in your eyes? Oh, a lot has changed in our world of education. But I think that it's really pushed us outside of our comfort zones because a lot of us become complacent. And when I go out and I talk to educators now, I say we can use this moment as a great opportunity for us to do something great 
in education. So I do believe that even though we have a lot of challenges, that we're going to come out on the other side of this even better than we were before. Because a lot of us, we weren't ready to embrace technology in the way that we are now. Before COVID, I was traveling all over the country. Now I'm sitting and presenting in front of my computer so I can somewhat understand how teachers can become so frustrated with technology and not having the one-on-one instruction. But those things, these challenges, I believe, is is what makes us great. It It propels us to move into Now, you said some very powerful things. One thing I do remember about your principalship was that you were a very hands on leader. You were not the type to sit in your office. And I remember you had high heels on and you was getting around that school a lot. (laughs) Yeah, people would say, "Uh, Miss Spears, why are you wearing heels every day? And I would say to them that they were prescribed by my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You wrote a book. It's called Beauty Underneath the Struggle. Tell us a little bit about your book. The, the funny thing about the book is the book came to me during uh, my time at home when we couldn't go anywhere with COVID. So I was doing the energy bus. And so John Gordon had asked me to come and do what they call a power of positive summit. And I decided to talk about the beauty underneath the struggle, creating your bus story. And I had so much feedback from that little presentation that I did. And it's all about when we have a struggle, but seeing it rather than a challenge, finding the opportunity that it presents. So in the book, I talk a lot about where we are right now with COVID because I finished the book during that time. So it took me about, I'm going to say, four or five months to write and get it published. I did my own publishing, but it was it's, it's amazing. And I've gotten some really good feedback from the book, especially now in the era of COVID. People are looking for something inspirational, something that's going to help them rise above this moment so that they can see the beauty underneath the struggle. What does purpose mean to you? Purpose is when your passion and your, your why, they collide. And, and that's, that's what I call your success. And, and that's how you create your best bus story. So when you have that passion and your why, that's, that defines it. That's your purpose. And, and when you're in purpose, Jeffrey, because you're not concerned about the time, you're just in that moment. And as a principal, I could walk by a classroom and I, I could see those teachers that were in purpose because those people are passionate. And and you can feel their energy without them saying a word. You can just feel the energy that comes from the things they do. But what I've learned on my journey is that purpose is less about what we're doing, but how we do it. And so a lot of times we think that purpose is about a job or some position, but purpose is how you show up each and every day. So you can have purpose. I don't care if you are, if you work as a custodian, a cafeteria worker, or if you're a young kid, you come in and you can have purpose no matter what you're doing. I'm going to have purpose talking to you on the call because I'm passionate about what I do. You can bring that with you no matter where you are. I like purpose because 
it it is that driving force. And I heard you say that when it collides, it's, it, that's your success. So why do you think so many educators struggle with trying to find success? I think the, the way we define it is we're looking for something outside of ourselves. And so if you're looking for something outside of yourself, it's going to be fleeting. It's not going to stay with you. But when you start to think about what is in your heart and where does your attention go? And some of us are scared to follow that. So when I left my job four years ago, Jeffrey, I followed that passion that I had for creating positive culture because culture didn't begin when I became a principal or when I was a teacher. Culture begins in your home. And so I've always been passionate about having a positive home environment because school was an extension of home for me and family. And so when you know what's in your heart and and what you love and you take that risk and you jump out there and do it, then you're going to find more peace, more joy and more happiness. And I think a lot of times we're fearful of jumping in with both feet and exploring what it is that we were meant to do. I, I always say when I go out and I, you know, do my speaking engagements, I say that if you're still breathing, if you still have breath in your body, there is something you're meant to be doing. And everybody's not meant to be a teacher. Everybody's not meant to be an education. And as a principal or a leader, you need to be bold enough to help people guide them to wherever that is they need to be, even if it's not in your school. You touched on my next question. And my question was, how does the beauty underneath the struggle how does that uh, tie into school leadership? And I think, can we explore that a little bit more? Like, what? Do, how do you encourage a principal to be bold enough to push teachers to their purpose? When I Usually when I go out, I'm talking to uh, maybe a district or I'm talking to a school. The way I help the principal is, by talking directly to our teachers. It, it's not, it, I, I want the, the principal to understand that their role is not just about instruction and ensuring that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. But part of our job is to help people find where it is that they need to be because that's when we're going to be our best selves. But when I go in and talk uh, to people, Jeffrey, I always say to them that. Your life is your responsibility. And just like you chose to do this work, because there were times I would walk into my building and not just when I was in Fort Bend, when I worked in other schools as well, that there was just so much negativity. And it's not okay that we show up to work with our attitude. Because as an educator, my work is not about me, but about the people that I serve. And so I don't know where it comes from that we think we can come into into a school negative. And I say that if, if you're coming to work and you're negative every single day and you are just not happy, that's an indication that you're in the wrong place. You're not doing anybody else any favors by coming in here negative. And, and those are the kind of conversations I have real talk. Like you said, I had with you, I now have that same conversation as I go out and I speak to, to teachers and leaders that if you can't have that critical conversation with people, then maybe you shouldn't be a leader because that's what it's about. We have to be honest, right? right. We owe it to our, our team to be honest with what we see. And when we ignore things, 
we're doing people a disservice. Like I said, I remember the very first meeting with you because I sat outside and then I waited for you and then you came in and you wasn't playing any games about me wasting <laughs> your teacher's time. Like you wouldn't have it. And as an administrator now, I totally understand where you're coming from in that moment. So I guess yeah. what I really want to say is administrators are trying to navigate this social, emotional obstacles that 2020 has brought us. The beauty underneath the struggle, how can that support that social emotional obstacles that 2020 has brought us? I think it's the opportunity for us to dive inside and look at self, become more aware of how we're showing up and how our behaviors can impact the people around us. Sometimes we, we are quick to point the finger at everybody else or things that's happening happening around us. But when we're more self-aware, we kind of know those points, those areas that we need to be careful of and that may uh, come across in the wrong way. Uh, so that's what the book really, it really dives deep into self-awareness. People walk away with a, a better view of who they are. And the challenges that they, the things that they see as challenges. And what I do is ask them to rewrite some of the stories that they're telling themselves. Sometimes we tell ourselves these negative stories or we have learned these things that's simply not true. So I challenge people to take the eraser because it's all about writing your story and start to create a new idea of what's happening to you or what has happened in your past so that you can move past that. Uh, I think that what when people, once they read the book, they are ready to start looking at struggle or even people that come into your life, looking at them in a different way, rather than thinking that the world is against you or people are trying to hurt you. You start to look at, well, why am I feeling that way? So you're always looking at yourself first rather than pointing the finger and blaming someone else. Excellent. So I have a, a question that I did not prepare, but as you were speaking, <laughs> it popped into my head. Where does your resilience come from? First of all, I'm a person of faith and uh, God really guides, he really does guide my life. But I've seen so many miracles in my life, Jeffrey, that I even share in the book that I know that he's present and just knowing that he's present and that he guides me gives me great joy, gives me peace. There are times when I wake up because I'm out here doing my own thing and I wake up and I'm scared. And it's almost like he knows because he'll send something my way to let me know that I haven't forgotten about you and I'm still here. And it gives me that energy. And not only that, it's like going out and talking to people and feeling that I've changed someone's life. That's the most rewarding feeling and to be honest because in education we're not honest with people enough we talk a lot about people behind their back but what I say to people is when you talk about your work to your spouse and then you come to work and you talk about your spouse you're giving the feedback to the wrong person so why not give the to the person who needs it so then they can start to think about their behaviors because nothing happens with people unless we're willing to give that honest feedback. 
And that's what I pride myself in is being honest with people. Even when I know that it, it's going to sting a little bit, but I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to say it in a way where you can use that information to do something great with it. And I was there, so I know what you're talking about. I have a little saying that stars shine day and night. And sometimes when you're not looking, you don't even pay attention to the sun. But the sun has an internal fire and it's going to shine, whether you pay attention to it or not. And some educators are, wow. are scared to let their light shine. It's, it's all based on the principle, this yeah. little light of mine. <laughs> and it's not just the struggle underneath that you've written. You've also written another book and you have your granddaughter as the main character. Let's talk about that book. The Hand Hug. It's funny. I've, I've written three books during COVID. So that's my beauty underneath the struggle. That's how I use this as an opportunity to do something great. But yeah, my little granddaughter, her name is Baylor. She was born on August 12th. So she's a little over a year old. But all these books, she'll be my main character in these books. But The Hand Hug, it's a book similar to The Beauty Underneath the Struggle where I'm providing strategies for kids so they can start to transform their negative thinking and worrisome thoughts. As a kid, I struggle with that a lot, Jeffrey. So I want to give kids the tools to be able to just overcome some of that. What it, because I was stuck in the mud for so many years of my life and didn't know how to get out of it. If we can teach our kids early on how to see the opportunities and these challenges that we are presented with, then they're not going to be these people that are depressed anxious, whatever that is, that low-level energy, they'll be able to overcome that a lot faster than we do. But in, anyway, in the book, Baylor wakes up and she's... Sorry. That's right. we, I'm not we, talking to we you, We can Terry. cut that out. We can cut that <laughs> but out. That's anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in the book, uh, Baylor wakes up one morning and she's having some worrisome thoughts because she's starting a new school. So she wonders whether or not kids will like her, how will she, who will she sit with at lunch, all the things that we worry about, those worries we have when starting something new. But when she gets to school, her teacher introduces her to the hand hug. And the hand hug is something I used to do with my little preschoolers and kindergarten uh, students when I was a teacher. And if they were upset about something, I would have them put their little hands inside of mine. And I would look them in the eyes and I would say, do you feel that? And maybe so in the book, I say, that's a hand hug. But I extend on that hand hug. And the teacher says to Baylor, when she, when she embraces the hand hug, she says, would you like to take a hand hug home with you? And Baylor is thinking, how can I take my teacher's hands home? But the teacher takes out a notebook and Baylor will trace her hand. And so that day, the teacher challenges her to look for everything that brings her joy, everything that makes her happy, and write it inside her hand hug. So by the end of the day, Baylor's whole her hand hug is completely full, and her little worry bubbles have faded away because now she's not so focused on the negative things or what she could perceive as negative. But now her focus has been shifted to all the good things that's going on around her. And so it's really a story about 
gratitude, kindness, and sharing that kindness with others. Because at the end of the book, Baylor gets on the bus and now she is, she sees another student who has the same worrisome thoughts that she had the day before. And she introduces herself and then she holds out her hands just like her teacher did. And she introduces that little girl to the hand hug. So the idea is that the hand hug is being passed around. As we see kids that are having a difficult time, we're teaching them the power of gratitude and how those things can just transform your day. Man, that's a that's an amazing story. I would steal it, but I'm pretty sure it's copywritten. I'm I'm thinking about it for adults. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking yeah. about what's going on right now. We have lost the power of touch. So many of us are just so agitated and just so on edge. And it's the power of gratitude. It's the power of some a mentor person coming in and, and just reminding you of what's your purpose. <laughs> Exactly. I'm at the I'll send you a copy of both the books. How about that? Hey, appreciate it. Hey, y'all got to sign it too, man. Y'all autograph that so I can put it in my collection. I appreciate it. I will. Hey, so where I can will. you can share that with your students for sure? Most definitely. I will sit down and read some of them. You know what? You know what's powerful? I'm in high school. And so reading a story to a student is powerful. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. So uh, most definitely, I will definitely use that. Most definitely. So where can I guess find you at? My website is NikkiSpears.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, Nikki Spears. What's next for you, Miss Spears? As we wind down our podcast, what's the next thing for you? Who knows? I'm just being guided by what God gives to me, but definitely more speaking engagements. I've been doing a lot of speaking virtually like everybody else, but no matter where I am, I'm going to bring the energy. So I would love to do more speaking engagements. I'm going to be writing more books. As a matter of fact, I have another children's book coming out probably near Christmas. And that one is titled Kindness is Contagious kind of like the virus. So I'm going to be writing and speaking and I'm going to continue to transform mindsets, which will transform lives. And, and that's what it's all about. You know what? I know you walk to talk because like I told you from the jump, <laughs> you don't play no games. <laughs> that's you're not going to let me live that down, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But, hey, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for letting us do the show, and we really appreciate you. Okay. I appreciate you, too. You send me your address, and I'll put you a couple of books in the mail. How about that? Okay, that's even better. All right, thanks. With so much content wheezing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. Flipboard. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the best stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Get started now at Flipboard.com. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with us on this episode. I want to thank Nikki Spears for talking with us about the beauty underneath the struggle. Once again, I want to give a huge shout out to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderbroom for the editorials on the Flip EDU Educators blog. Also, a special shout out to Patience Edwards for spreading the word about our podcast. 
Remember to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU magazine on Flipboard.com. Also, please subscribe and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Next week, we'll have Mr. Albert Thomas. So until next time, family. <laughs>